0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Sidekick TV. Thanks very much for uh, watching this episode and also thanks to the people that have actually sent the questions through for this. So in this special episode, we're actually talking about the very recent changes to the residential rental property market. Now, these changes were announced last week and uh, came into play over the weekend. So these are pretty immediate. And I'll be honest, a lot of the detail perhaps uh, hasn't either been released or fully fleshed out yet. Um, I'm joined today by my business partner, Cam Robertson. So I'm thrilled to get him on video because this is the first time that we've been able to do that. Um, But really, Cam, I just wanted to kick into it first. And I I wonder if you could just kind of give us some context to this discussion because ultimately, um, and the reason that we've been quiet for a while now is that we're, you know, what's some of the stuff that we don't know? What, What can't we confirm right
1: now? Well, We're really just waiting on the draft legislation to make sure we can confirm some of the interest deductibility rules, what's exempt. They've stated that new builds might be exempt, but there's nothing confirmed. So we're not really willing to kind of put our word on it. That's what's gonna happen. So we're just kind of playing a bit cautious and waiting and seeing what happens.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, there are comments in the media that say that, oh, it won't affect this and it won't affect that. But even when we speak to bankers, what's a new build? What yeah. can anyone give us a true definition of a new build?
1: No, they that can't. That's on a bank's side of things, it will be six months, but then at Brightline, it's very easy. It's at the time you purchase it. But for those interest deductibility side of things, you're really um, playing at the IID's game, just thinking, okay, well, what is it? Where, when is it going to start? When is it going to end? What sort of interest deductibility rules apply? Are we completely exempt? Or do if you buy a new build, is it just the phase out but starting from scratch? You just there's no real clarity here to make solid decisions, so you've just got to make sure it stacks up kind of just about in the worst case scenario sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm. So we're looking at this, aren't we, that people should be making their planning decisions, you know, they'll be borrowing uh, half a million dollars upwards, probably. Um, what kind of certainty do you think we can have before we actually get the legislation
1: out there? Um, it's just, Building that tax into your um, into your cash flow forecast, I'd always suggest going running through some scenarios when you're looking at an investment. What's the best case scenario? What's your worst case scenario? And what's kind of the most expected? So build some build some of those tax consequences as scenarios in there and see what it looks like.
0: Mm. We've we've seen that before haven't we, with um, clients where I say they might have a really aggressive depreciation schedule on rental properties. Mm-hmm. So you know. On on paper, this uh, property might cost you fifty dollars a week. Uh, the reality might be it's more like two hundred and fifty dollars a week. But we get depreciation back, so it's it's perhaps you've got financial mechanisms in place, uh, revolving credit. Uh, you know, are you're you talking that kind of thing of building resilience. In yeah, your and
1: and just some of those things is if you've been in the um, investment property thing for a little while, you're gonna have maybe some losses that are ring fenced or other things like that which may actually help you in the coming years and kind of level out some of that um, awful kind of impact of that interest deductibility side of things. But we can't just plan for that, but just making sure you still get all of your deductions in there. There's nothing worse than probably paying tax when you didn't need to. So if you had just your um, plan already in place and you had those um, deductions in there from the ring fencing stuff that are sitting there, it actually might
0: not hurt you for the next five years. Great, awesome, okay. Um, right, I'll fire through the questions now, so, and some of them are a bit, um, well, they're long and thorough, so this, so that's great. So, um, according to the IRD website and the Labour website, new builds will be exempt from the changes, although, from what I can see, there's no official announcement for this. What is your expectation on how long property is classed as a new build? Is it for the life of the property, perhaps only for say five years, in keeping with Brightline? Um, if so, what implications do you see arising from this, be it the property is a new build for the entire life of the property, under the original owner, or the property is only a new build for the first five years? We've touched on this, but...
1: That, that's the real concern for me, it's what defines a new build and how long it lasts. It, it could be that if, as long as you're the original owner, it might be that way there, or it could be that it goes for five years. It's one of those uncertainties Uncertainties that's really worrying. Um, we just can't really put our finger on what they're gonna come out with.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, excellent, the next one, okay. So from the IRD's point of view, what is the definition of a commercial building? Then they have specifically said is a boarding house commercial, is Airbnb.
1: Um, a commercial building, effectively, is anything that's not a dwelling, which means, which is kind of like a negative approach to that. So I was thinking about all these other things. So going back to what is a dwelling, um, and then for so when you go to look at the dwelling and the definition of the act, you it actually goes exactly the same way as the commercial properties do. It's kind of the. It does not include any of the following: hospitals, hotels, motels, and hostels, boarding houses. Mm. So that's probably answered one of those questions there. Um, is an Airbnb um, a commercial building? Well, no. Um, the, in this change here, they've actually incorporated the um, the short-term accommodation is actually included as a dwelling now. So it's included now in the ring fencing of losses and also in these bright in these bright line mm. rules. So. That's something to be aware of. That's kind of been pushed through in the same adjustments.
0: And another real challenge with that is going to be around. Um, you're probably going to you're going to lose out in one area there in the fact that it's going to be a dwelling. But what happens if your Airbnb income is over sixty thousand dollars in a year?
1: You're still going to have the you're going to have a dwelling with the GST so negative impact. So you're going to be hit from both sides. But
0: so lose lose and no deductibility.
1: <laughs> yeah, the interest is really going to get you there. So. Um, it's just being mindful of what you're doing, and if you know exactly where the Airbnb is going to kind of land on the profit side of things or the revenue, um, you should be able to kind of put that into your calculations and just make sure you have the kind of cash flow side for the tax
0: mm, part of it. Mm, mm. And, like you say, that it, it might not be cash, it might be it, it's available cash. Yep. That's the key, available cash. Um, However, you know, you may have a boarding house. It's not the activity of Airbnb, is it? It's where that falls. So you might buy a motel and yep. just purely Airbnb it.
1: Yep. Yeah, Airbnb is more just like a, a a batch or something like that. Where um, if the difference between the two would be saying that in Airbnb you do probably have quiet enjoyment of the property. Whereas a hotel, motel, you don't. You have the cleaners, you have a, people, service departments, things like that where people actually don't, you don't get that private enjoyment of a property like you would a rental.
0: Yeah, great. And this was something that actually Cam needed to clarify for me was quiet enjoyment, okay? So it's like you said, if you own a motel or a hotel, mm. it's not yours to swan in and out of in a room or what have you, but if you've got a, a, a rental property in Takapo that you Airbnb, you could, zip down there, enjoy it for a week, and, and yep. therefore it's classed differently. Yep. Okay. Um, what about commercial yep. building? So the building itself is commercial, but you have residential-like tenancies in place. It's,
1: it's only if the they wouldn't be classed in this category of um, being a dwelling or anything like that. It would be just to make sure that that residential portion is only secondary or minor of nature. So be careful of that. It's very subjective. So always seek independent advice mm. on that one.
0: Mm. And then another one here, residential building, so this is a house by every definition of the word, however you do, uh, short term, fully furnished um, lettings of this property.
1: Yeah, that will probably still fall within that, those lines. Um, the, the only time it gets blurred is if, say, you had a residential property that got re- that's been leased out to, say, a childcare centre or something like that, That's and making sure it's you've got the classification right, and that has been um, zoned commercial, or it is under that aspect no longer able to be a dwelling.
0: What about workers' accommodation? So let's say we've had um, businesses over the years, or sorry, clients over the years, where Christchurch was being rebuilt, and we didn't have hotels to house workers. Same for Kaikoura. Uh, it's New Zealand. There'll be another one, <laughs> right? So yeah. well, um, Ohau, okay. Yeah. There's going to be builders sent down to Ohau renting out houses to building companies. What's yeah. that gonna look like
1: oh, it's it's probably going to look whether it's a dwelling or not is another is one of those things where I'm probably not quite sure on so I wouldn't want to give a definitive answer on, mm. answer on that one right
0: now. Mm-hmm. And that is one of those where it's so grey, yep. we just need to wait for the legislation. Yeah, I'd just yeah. wait
1: for that one there. It's not <laughs> a, It's
0: probably not that common <clears throat> at this stage. Mm. Now we must have had a fortune teller ask this question because it says, what sort of impl- Im- um, implications do you think we're likely to see aside from increased rents? And apparently Grant Robertson didn't even foresee increased rents.
1: Yeah, <laughs> There's many things that, it, like everything they've done, they're, they're trying to do multiple things at once rather than just the approach of trying to stop demand, which is quite different from them. Um, so it's more that they're, controlling, they're trying to control the, full, the supply and demand side. So it could be that property prices might pull back a little bit or rents might increase, but without the crystal ball, it's just a guess.
0: None of this fixes the core problem. None of these,
1: op- none of these problems, none of these do. Um, but the supply side that they have mentioned at the same time is actually seems to show that they're thinking about the end problem, whereas these look to be the plaster to um, help cover it until then. So, mm. if the supply is the main thing they're trying to fix, then that's great and hopefully this is just a plaster until that gets sorted. Because
0: mm-hmm. ultimately we need, what, 20,000 new houses overnight, don't we? Oh,
1: I'd say more than that, but mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. we're, we're, we're definitely sure.
0: Yeah, okay, um, great question here. So uh, I'd like clarity around if this is tax on profit, of the rental or tax on the whole rental. So what the, the way that they've phrased this, uh, rent of $500 a week, including all of the expenses, mortgage, interest, um, rates, insurance, they're also $500 a week. So we are not making a cash profit in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Now there's the addition of tax to be added to that. So could you please just explain what that means? So we're breaking even in this business of residential rental property. What's the outcome for the landlord?
1: Okay, so the outcome for the landlord is, what I would say, the best way to do it is to look at your profit and loss as you would normally. So have all of your expenses in there. And then when you get to the bottom, it might be, you still might have included interest and everything, and so you might look and get okay, we had a cash flow um, profit, a cash profit of $100 or a loss of $100, but then you've got to add back the interest you had over that year. And so looking at that, it might be you had $20,000 of rent, you had $5,000 of other expenses, so your rates, your, um, your insurance, insurance, and, and any, any bit repairs, so therefore you're left with $15,000. Normally you would have had interest in there to um, bring that to nil or to a lot less profit, but this scenario here, you'd end up paying tax on that five, on that $15,000 profit. Therefore, it depends on your tax rate, but let's say you're at the 33%, so you'd be paying about $5,000 of tax. So that would change your, um in this scenario here, change your profit from a break even to about a $5,000 cash loss, and therefore that's about $100 a week.
0: Mm-hmm. And that cash loss is made up of the tax. Yeah,
1: and that's, that's based solely on there being zero, um, there being a zero deduction for interest, unlike, Kind of, if it was in the phase out approach, you'd still have 100% deduction up to the 30 September, and then you'd have 75% for the next year and a half, mm-hmm. 50% the next year, 25% the next year. So mm. it's still a long time before it really comes out in the wash, and you got back to zero. But it's anything you're purchasing from now that's where mm. the impact's going to lie.
0: And and this is the uh, the 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 area where are we going to see rent go up? Is $500 a week now going to be $600 a week? Because in a very typical situation, that's going to be the increased tax bill. Um, also, though, like you say, it will be phased out, so that's fine. What Another, another scenario here, which I think we're in a situation where... Rents, sorry, uh, interest rates are really low. So it's the lowest on record really in New Zealand. Now it is possible that by 2023, 2024, we could be back up at a 3.5% mortgage rate. Now that is not out of this world, um, unforeseeable. If that was the case on a mortgage of $500,000, then actually I see that the price is going to go up um, to the tune of, say, uh, well, I think that the deficit's going to be closer to about $300 a week at that point.
1: Yeah, it's, going to be, it's not going to be great in that aspect, but it's, I, I think that's a pretty tough one to kind of worry about at this point. It's more thinking... Okay, well, it's kind of bringing in a lot of those other rules. What's the new build sort of thing going to, what, mm-hmm. what are those exemptions going to entail? Because it could be that people just start to restructure their portfolio a little bit. If this, if new builds are exempt from this these new rules, these interest deductibility rules, then it might be that people sell off their older stock, which is sometimes not a bad thing, getting rid of stuff that needs a bit more maintenance and other things like that and invest more into new builds, so Mm. that could help out with the fixing the supply stuff and providing the older stock to first home buyers.
0: Mm. Mm. Okay, great. Um, And that's it, this is where I suppose it comes down to having a plan per property, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and it's it's just, now that your plan would have changed, it's just making a new plan, looking at it and figuring out what you've got to do next. Mm. And and
0: a lot of that comes down to you know you can't really be a you can't be a lazy property investor um, in with these changes. It's like running a business. It's like if you you know your key person's just gone off and got another job, or you've just lost your biggest customer. Like these challenges do face us all the time in business. Uh, it's tough when the legislation because it's a it's a tough pill to swallow, but. It's about adapting and moving, isn't
1: it? It is. Healthy Homes is another one of these changes. Like, rents did go up, but I can I can understand rents going up there. You're providing a better quality product. So um, that one there, I'm, I'm fully aware that. Yeah, that would have pushed the rents up slightly, because, yeah, you are getting a better home. But these ones, this new development, it might not actually change that. It mm. might just... Um, change the prices of some properties.
0: Mm. So w- one thing you'd said um recently uh, was you know a bit of a, a bit of a shame of this is you used to have those options that you know with rent, I'll pay less and I'll get less. Yeah. You know it was a choice.
1: Yeah, you don't really have that option anymore. It's like the ideal scenario could have been that you'd have a scale of this is an A class property, this is a C or a D therefore you could have had your and be, been able to compare properties oh yeah this one here's got the healthy homes a standard. and this one's a d so therefore i'd expect that to be 500 and that to be 400. yeah but you no longer that choice is no longer there so it's just a matter of making sure that for the government they're just going to make sure that rents don't blow out of proportion i think grant robertson's already said that he's going to um keep an eye on it a close eye on it so um if the interest side of things isn't this, isn't kind of an indication of where things are leading and rent controls might actually be something that they're looking at if Mm. things do Mm. blow out.
0: On that terrifying prospect, (laughs) yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll end the video. Uh, look, if you've got any questions on uh, on on this, and I know you know a lot of us, we kind of want a crystal ball, don't we, into the future as to what's going to happen next. We can only surmise that you know if we keep adding in cost to rentals, then the cost of rentals to the consumer, the renter, is going to go up. But we're just going to. Um, it's going to be a watch this space, I think, for a yeah. lot of it. We're waiting for the, uh, for the draft, legi- oh, sorry, the legislation to come out. So, But please do keep us inundated with your questions. Yeah. Uh, post your questions below this video, okay, whether we're on Facebook in the Business Lounge or whether you're on YouTube. Post in your questions. We'll be moderating and uh, responding to those. So thank you very much. And, um, yeah, thanks very much, Cam, for joining me. No worries. Cool.